happy holidays everyone and we're back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review in our stocking and also on apple Podcasts. plus if you can support us right here at the lakers fast break it is truly appreciated. Also as well, you can go ahead and support us by helping out, if you're interested, of course, with fantasy, daily fantasy player props, courtesy of our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Well, if you're in a state that's eligible to do so, please go ahead and support us by heading over to thrivefantasy.com. They'll have all the instructions there or download the app on your mobile phone, LFB. If you type that in on your first deposit, they will match it dollar for dollar up to $50 as long as your first deposit is $20 or more. The best place to go for fantasy player props each and every time out for the NFL, the NBA, and soon coming to PGA, eSports, and MLB. That is Thrive Fantasy. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a Merry Christmas for the Lakers as they decided to go ahead and put on a great offensive performance they took on the Mavericks today and Christmas, and they gave, well, they gave Luka Doncic a lump of coal by going ahead and dishing out a Christmas beatdown, 138 to 115 over the Dallas Mavericks, like I said. Good offensive performance, and it was nice to see that we, I think it put, uh, I guess, for an, a national audience, a showcase out there that the Lakers now don't have to rely on just two players to go ahead and get the ball in the basket. They now have more options. Montrezl Harrell, very efficient. Also as well, Dennis Schroeder, who is being talked about in the back scenes, in the backstages of what's going on in Lakerland as a possible extension candidate. latest rumor from what I hear in ESPN. So he provided a lot of aggression. And of course, Montrezl Harrell, very efficient. And Kyle Kuzma, you know, just very steady today. And that's exactly the kind of game that we want from Kyle Kuzma. Just very steady. Didn't have to do too much. Didn't try to do too much and was very good because of it. Just a great performance today. Don't worry, everyone. You're going to hear the loud booming sounds of Laker Tom. Ho, 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 hoing at some point in time before the end of this broadcast. But here today as well are two great guests right now. First off, he is one of the blog editors for Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. He calls himself the magic man, but I call him Sean Grice. And Sean, Merry Christmas to you and your family, my friend. Merry Christmas, Gerald, and uh, Happy New Year as well. Well, tell you what, man, it was a great game. Great game, right? It was. It was a great game. Um, I thought that uh, both Dennis Schroeder and Trez both um, were demonstrable in what their, you know, offensive strengths are. Trez showed me a lot tonight. I, I, I didn't really realize he could take the ball out 20 feet and, you know, dribble his way into a 15-footer. Uh, if he could do that on a consistent basis, it's going to be very, very difficult to uh, defend us in the playoffs. Um, very good mid-range game he showed today. Very, very good. Absolutely. And uh, if Kyle Kuzma can play like this, like if he shoots anywhere from like 43 to 50% per game and he only takes, you know, maybe 
12 shots at the most. You know, that's a pretty good game for him. Kyle isn't a volume shooter anymore, so he's got to find different ways to get on the board. And, you know, he showed his best stuff tonight, I thought, as well. So it was a great effort overall. Um, better than the last game. It was so disjointed. I mean, the, I think the, the celebration and the ceremony had a lot to do with the flat effort coming out. Well, they just didn't seem into it. As I was talking with Jamie right before the show, I mean, it just seemed like LeBron and AD, they didn't want to be there after they got the rings. It just seemed like they were joking around with Patrick Beverly, especially LeBron. LeBron was not playing a lick of defense. He wasn't playing a whole lot of defense today, and that's something I'll get into as far as it's concerned. It's just a little bit of a concern, but I'm assuming it's because of the quick turnaround, and we're going to hope that later on in the season the Lakers will just turn it on just like that. But it was something that I noticed, The I think the effort of losing, losing in the last game. I think the effort was there today, at least on the offensive end. Absolutely, Gerald. Agree 100%. Defensively, I thought there was, like like you said, some breakdowns. There was some, real, there was some questionable passing and turnovers overall to start as well, but they, they seem to... See, see, here's what... I agree with your assessment of last, last game, but the last two minutes of the third quarter last game and and tonight before the, the like a little after the fourth quarter begun, there are these pockets where they give up these runs it's like an 11-2 run or a 13-4 run and you had a 17 point lead and now all of a sudden it's seven or eight and I guess well i mean like basketball that. is a game of runs so each oh, team absolutely. is going to absolutely. get the runs it all depends on if your runs are going to be bigger than the other team runs. Let's just put it like that. That's the way basketball is. But I, I see what you're saying because Frank Vogel alluded that to himself in the game, saying that and, and with the Clippers, that end, the way they end quarters is not really to his liking. And it showed a little bit today. They ended, I think it was the second quarter and also the third quarter, really not the way he really wanted to go ahead and, and have them close out the quarters. But still... Like I said, a great offensive showing by the Lakers, and it really showcases, as I'm going to go ahead and bring on Jamie Sweet here, it really showcases the Lakers, uh, it just basically the, the whole diverse now options that they have available to them because they, they have Kuzma, they now have Schroeder, and they now have Montrezl Harrell that are different options that can go ahead and take over certain portions of the game. And here today with me as well, and I wish a Merry Christmas to him and his entire family as well, is a good man. Also, one of the fabulous blog editors, five great things, always from Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, what were some of your impressions for today's game? I mean, the Lakers outworked, outworked the Mavs on every aspect of the game. They they were crashing the boards a lot harder. Um, I want to say we out-rebounded them by a significant margin. Um 53 to uh, – well, actually, man, not as much as I thought. Well, yeah, 53 to 37 is a pretty – I'm sorry, 27 is a pretty significant margin. Yes, it is. Uh, so it's a plus 26 in rebounding. And that's, you know, that's how the Lakers – if they're not going to play defense the way they did last year, which to this point, two games – a whopping two games in, right? Nobody yeah. don't need to pull the fire alarm or the ripcord or – Anything panic or anything, but you know when you don't play defense, you got to rebound. You got to got to limit it to one possession, 
get some offensive rebounds. We did those things. So I, I felt like we outworked the Clippers on the glass. Um, and I think that, you know, we were probably a little hotter from three-point land than we can count on consistently. Um, well, I don't think the Lakers are going to be that bad. I think they'll actually be a lot better from the three-point area this year, or at least a lot more consistent than they were last year. I think they have a lot better options now. I would hope so. I mean, I, I think that the guys that they have that do shoot the three are probably – Matthews is a be- is an upgrade over Danny Green struggling self, right. he, which he might refine in, in Philadelphia. You do have Schroeder, uh, who you know is supposed who to looks be last, great. Yeah, yeah, thirty eight to forty percent right there for you great. last year. So I mean, you do have a lot more options. I mean, Tht we don't we haven't really gotten a beat on because he's not been playing anywhere kind of the kind of minutes. Uh, but Alex Caruso's even shown a, a little bit of an improved shot. Well, I mean, and, and some of that's like you know when it when a guy wins an NBA championship, it does wonders for your confidence, right? Yeah. Like you, you go from like, well, can I do this? To I can do this, and I will do this. You know, the ball handling still uh, as a backup point guard. I don't think Alex Caruso is the answer because we in the second quarter we saw a lot of turnovers, very sloppy play by the Lakers. In the I think quarter. they need to put Gasol and Caruso on the floor together to increase the playmaking ability of the team overall when LeBron sits um, yeah. and when sh- and when Shooter sits because that if you have Gasol at the top of the key and you have guys who are cutting two guys on the baseline in the corner swatting up for three, you're going to open up the middle of the floor. And I think that's the best use of Marcus all right now. I'm not sure he's going to stick in the starting lineup. Um, I'm not so I, sure either. I wouldn't be too surprised if 10, 15 games in, we see a 10, another 10, 15 game experiment with any number of guys coming in at the five spot to start. Uh, frankly, anybody but AD. I don't think they're going to play AD at the center in the regular season unless it's like, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes to go in the ball game, and it's a game they want to win. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to happen. People could say, oh, he can do it, but he won't. It won't happen. So let's just pencil that in as, as fact at this point because that's what he wants, and the Lakers are going to cow to what he wants, as they should. He's He just won him a ring. So I thought that this was a, a great bounce-back game for like how we all thought they came out in game one, which was lethargic and slow and disinterested. And again, they didn't, nobody played defense in this game. Neither team really showed up on the defensive end, but that's sort of how the beginning of the season is for every team. Every team's just trying to find their way, trying to find their identity. And frankly, we gave up a lot of defense to get the guys that we got. You know, we gave up Danny Green, who for all this struggle scoring is an excellent defender. And same with Rondo, you know, for all of his struggles and, you know his age even he's still pretty he, he's a he's a great anticipator he, he he's he's a smart he's a, he's smart a great defender. team defender one-on-one right. it was it was not his forte anymore no but it's not many people's forte in the modern nba the modern nba is not built on great one-on-one defense it's very yeah. rare that you find great one-on-one perimeter defenders who can absolutely shut a guy down without help from the rest of the team i mean that's just that's how the modern nba is built you know it's it's built to allow guys to drive to the rim it's it's how it's designed yeah that's why everything kind of looks the same at this point you know it's it's everybody does the same thing because that's what's it's it's the easy way to score points so you're gonna go you're gonna go that route um and we're probably not going back for us old school purists who don't mind a little bit of uh you know new york nick pat riley era bully ball um you know a little more of a slog than than is encouraged. and that's one of the things i wanted to ask you and i'll, I'll ask shame uh, sean that for real quick if i may uh, sean uh first thing i think they pushed the ball was a much better idea today i think they pushed it with a lot more uh you know importance 
Uh, they did not push the ball at all in the Clippers game, and I'm really uh, glad that they did. I heard over the uh, course of the weeks off in between seasons that I, I heard a couple shows, in fact, one of them in particular, I forget which one, but they particularly said that fast break teams don't usually win championships. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if that's the case, statistically, you could say that all you want. But this team fast break their way to a championship. It suits them. It suits LeBron. It suits AD as an up-tempo style. I think it creates a lot of easy looks for them, and it helps initiate their offense. True, they're a little bit more, they're a little bit better in the half court now than they were last year with Schroeder and Harrell. A little bit better as far as suited for a pick and roll, uh, you know, set ISO type format. But always, when you can go ahead and make easy attempts for yourself, when you can go ahead and get easy transition points, when you can go ahead and get at one time a twenty-two to nothing second chance points. It really creates a lot more easy opportunities overall. Oh, absolutely, Gerald. I agree. It's 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 um, basketball and the uh, the turnover game is becoming very similar to football. You know that scoop and score, that pick six. It can really change momentum and and can swing a quarter or even a, a situation. Um, what I'm finding as well, and and just to piggyback off what you were saying. Um, it, it, I think what the problem most people have, uh, I'm just talking about like uh, casual NBA fans, is that they see a team like the Showtime Lakers, and they see a team like the Warriors, and they see somebody like the LeBron, and they think that, oh, you know, at least, you know, 40, 50% of their offense must come from transition. No. No, uh, one thing we learned from the seven seconds or less Suns was the most percentage they ever had in transition was around 26%. So the, even a great defensive team would only roughly have about a quarter of their offense through transition. So you're going to have to manufacture points in the half court. And like you said, Gerald, adding a guy like Dennis Schroeder, adding a guy like Montrose Harold. With LeBron and AD on the floor, that's four guys right there that can get your own shot. Yeah, absolutely. How many, how many times last year were there multiple 20-point scorers on the Lakers? More than five games? I mean, that weren't LeBron and AD. No, I mean, that were three or more. I mean, assuming LeBron yeah. and AD had 20, how many times did a third guy score 20 points? Maybe Rondo once or twice. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Kuzma, Kuzma once. Once yeah. or twice, right? So yeah. that's like, you know, I'll say less than 10. I don't know what the number is. If somebody on the internet feels like looking it up and letting us know, that'd be wonderful. But like, I, I would not be surprised to see a lot of games like tonight where there are like three, almost four 20-point guys, uh, and, and it's more of a who ran who out of the building kind of affair. I, I, I agree with Sean. I thought a great, a great fast-break team, one that can win a championship, is one that relies on its defense to start the fast-break and not just having – fast guys yeah it's too too often do people say like oh this guy's really tall he's going to be a great center or this guy's really fast it doesn't come down oftentimes it doesn't come down to the physicality of the game it comes down to how you use the the gifts you have within a team game and you know this is my thing with like tht you know people are like oh he's got these long arms and he's this and that and i'm like well yeah but he's not very fast so he can't he's going to get blown by on defense if he can't figure out how to use those physical gifts to keep people in front of him 
And same with like a Rondo. Rondo wasn't the fastest guy anymore, but he could make a fantastic pass that would make a fast break work. And same with LeBron. Frankly, same with Lonzo Ball. Not the fastest, most gifted athletic guy you've ever seen, but he know he has a knack for getting the ball down the court quickly. Yeah. That's what makes a great fast break is smart paired with decent to great athleticism. And that's what the Lakers have. And they've improved that, I would say, this year. They have faster, better guys. I, I'm pleased as punch with the shooter pickup. Uh, I, you know, for all the preseason struggles he had and even how he looked a little unsure of like how he fit in in game one, he looks great right now. He looks like. I'm more than happy to turn the keys of the offense over to him in a year or two, um, two or three years, I should say. And LeBron even looks like, like, hey, regular season, you guys go, man. I got nothing left to prove in the regular season. I will yeah. be ready to go for the playoffs. You guys go out. You get, you, you know, go get 20. Go get 20. I'm fine. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it just shows, again, the diversity now and options that the Lakers have. And if Kyle Kuzma, who John Hollinger just blasted the other day on his podcast <laughs> about saying it's the worst extension out there. I don't think it's the worst extension. Uh, I thought Stephen Adams was probably the worst extension for me. But, uh, you know, if that's the case, I'd still say Kyle Kuzma, you know, if he can just do things like he did today, I think that's going to pay for itself if that's the case. And if they go ahead and decide to extend Dennis Schroeder, that just makes it uh, – I mean, you have your set team. You're going to run with that team. Just basically it tells me that the Lakers are going to run with this team going forward. Sean, I want to ask you real quick, it, since you are our statistical analysis and also as well our historian guy, uh, but this in this case, I want to ask you this as far as the roster is concerned right now when it comes to salary cap. Is the Lakers are, are the Lakers one of the? I think I saw this from Bobby Marks on Twitter that the Lakers are one of the about four or five teams that can only have fourteen players on the active right now, a roster right now. Is that correct? The correct, Gerald. It's the Lakers, the Bucks, the Rockets, and I believe the Nets. Hmm. Funny. Four of those five teams are considered at the top of the league. How does that sound? Hmm. No accident there. But I want to ask you this. They are able to add additional player at some point in time when the NBA clears it. Is that correct? Yeah. At what time is that? So I can get, you know, that's what I was giving because Bobby Marks didn't tell you that part. He leads you in with that, but he doesn't tell you the rest of it. So that's what I was kind of, or he, if he did, I missed the tweet. 
I'll have to double check, but I believe I, I thought the more they said the moratorium would be around around mid March. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my Although question I, to you is: Go ahead, Jamie. Go well, ahead. I wonder how that doesn't. Like, why can't they add a two-way player? It, it's it's. Uh, well, I suppose I think assume it's because of the cap. It's cap related. Mm -hmm. But two-way players don't count against. But two-way players don't count against. But they're only allowed to play a certain percentage of the games. So I see. so we. Yeah, sure. so in in a seventy two game season, they can play fifty games. Right. Okay. Oh, is that much? I thought it was like less. My bad. I thought no. it was less than half. So, okay. Well, that that's the case. That's a better understanding. But my question to you guys is: Are we going to be able to? Uh, obviously, we're going to do very well this season. Obviously, when when we play games like this, we're going to be able to outscore a lot of teams that are out there. But when you look at for later on in the season, are you concerned at all in regards to Marcus Saul and the fact that when we're finally able to go ahead and have that open roster spot, fill that with the big man that both Laker Tom, you guys, and myself have also talked about adding for that final spot? I mean, I don't think Dwayne Dedman's going to be there come March no. because uh, be I just surprised. think, yeah, I would be surprised too. But maybe a trade or something like that because that's right in right in and around where the trade deadline will be. Uh, maybe that is going to be something that the Lakers should prioritize because Marcus saw, I understand he's getting into shape. I understand that, but you are talking about someone that I don't know how much more substantially better he is going to get than what he's performing at right now. Jamie, I mean, do you agree with me? Do you not agree with me? I mean, it depends on what you're asking him to do. I mean, tonight he was a plus eight. He had eight rebounds, one turnover, not a lot else going on. Didn't score. Um, uh, that's not true. Yeah, he had two free throws. Didn't make a basket, I should say. Shot one three-pointer. And only that's played... all the points he scored this season. Right. And he only played 20 minutes. Uh, somehow, for some reason, LeBron and Anthony Davis played 31 and 30 minutes, respectively, in this game. And I, I still can't f figure that one out. I'm like, why did hey, they hey, why, Sean, did they why can't they? You know what I'm saying? But they don't, they don't need to on this team, I feel like, especially in a blowout win like this, especially this early. But Regardless, that's a that's a that's a very nitpicky, you know. But do you, we're, I mean, really I just saw, well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example that when they were going ahead and they were playing five out on Mavericks, and they're playing along the three point line, the ball got passed around, and there's no way that Marcus Hall could go and clear out and extend to Trey Burks on a corner three. No. And it's going to happen time and time again. And this is something that I, I understand that the Lakers will go small in a lot of these situations, but, and I'm not trying to be mean to Marcus Gasol or anything. I just, no, I just, I, I know he fits a, a certain style of play. Scheme. Yeah. And a certain scheme. Exactly. Sean, I'm just not sure what that scheme is and how best to utilize him because he, right now he's no longer the, the, the defensive player of the year that he once was. Nor is he the, the offensive go-to guy that he was in Memphis, that he, yeah. and that he never was in Toronto. Uh, he yeah. always was the, uh, I'll open up the floor, I'll, I'll make a pass, I'll play some stout positional defense. Um, I, I am worried about it. I, I'm worried about it in the same way that we saw McGee get marginalized in the playoffs uh, because of this, pretty much the same reason. Um, and, and to an extent, Dwight Howard at times, so, you know, depending on the matchups. Well, that's the key, right? What I want to see is how Mark does against a guy like Jokic. Can he okay. keep up with a Jokic? Can he stay in front of a Jokic? Can he cover a Jokic from the three-point line down to the paint? Can he, can he bang with him and, and cover him all the way out there? If he can, then he has worth to the Lakers come the playoffs because there are going to be teams where you want that skill set, that specific skill set. 
and he's not that expensive. So even if you did try to trade Mark, you're going to probably have to include somebody else in order to pick up a player of true impact. Otherwise you're really just trading, you know, a bucket carrier, a water carrier for another water carrier, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're not going to get like, Oh, well now we got this amazing guy. For you're, you're not going to land on Mar- Markeith Morris who can give you valuable minutes in no. crucial times. I mean, it was, it was so interesting. I heard on another podcast, I think it was, I don't know if it was on Hollinger's again, but it was where they were talking about how Markeith was one of the few additions, uh, Marvin Williams for the Bucks few additions that were waiver pickups uh, after the trade deadline and that were pickups that actually made a substantial uh, impression as far as the team. He didn't do a lot with scoring, but he was there as your center in the crucial times on defense. And that to me was very imperative. And I think Markeith is going to be just cruising on there. So. Agreed. Well, you can argue that Markeith and in some ways, positionally, Markeith and uh, what's up, LT? Markeith and, uh, and uh, Trez, are in some ways a duplicate, you know, obviously they come with different skill sets, but the size factor is sort of, is a little bit of an overlap there, which is another reason why I think you need a big, like Gasol, you need somebody who can bang with the big, the bigger guys that can make the bigger guys feel them a little more. You know, there aren't many big guys. In fact, I think there are approximately one other big guy that can come close to mimicking what Anthony Davis does. And that's Vukovic in in Orlando, who can hit the three, who can play inside, who can pass the ball, who can kind of shoot from anywhere, play from anywhere. But he's kind of expensive. So I don't think that's going to be. No, I mean, I was was a big advocate of picking him up a few years ago when he was going to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, The way things He's a Trojan. Fight on. (laughs) The way things worked out, I'm pretty happy that we didn't pick him up. Uh, But uh, in terms of like, so there's and 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 Jokic is probably another one. Although I don't think Jokic has quite the same ability to move with the ball that Davis and Vukovic have. He's not as fast. He's he's got quick feet, but he doesn't have that raw speed. Um, so anyway, I I think that you you're gonna want a banger. Uh, it, it's one of the reasons I would have been fine with the Lakers holding on to Howard. Um, I personally think in some ways Howard is a better fit because he's, he's got more raw speed. He's faster. And he's a little bit more athletic. He's a little bit more athletic. You know, Gasol's a positional guy. So if you don't have a good scheme around him, it's going to be, I think it's going to be hard for him. So I, I think it's a co- it's, 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 he's probably the biggest coach's puzzle on the team right now. How does, how, how does Vogel maximize his skill set? And make you know make him relevant at least during the regular season. When it comes to the playoffs, it's going to be all about matchup. It's a whole different ball game, seven game series, so on and so forth. But for the regular season, in terms of like you know getting ourselves to a position where should there be fans in the stands for the playoffs? Should home court advantage matter more than it did in the bubble? Um, it, it's going to be important to have a guy like Gasol. Not necessarily Gasol, a guy. Well, like I think Howard's going to do again another nice job as a backup on Philadelphia. He already proved it uh, the other day when he got ten rebounds for them, and I think it might have been an error on the Lakers' part. But again, we're talking about a little bit of small things because the Lakers yeah. just with an offensive showcase today, and here also today to talk about he's the man it after oh a big Christmas dinner that he got to enjoy. <laughs> I tell you what, he looks happy. He looks satisfied. He looks like he's had a merry Christmas. And I want to say, as I did before, I want to wish him and his entire family a truly merry Christmas. It is the legend behind Lakerholics.com, the mastermind indeed. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, you got to be impressed with the offensive end 
for the Lakers today. I was actually impressed with the de- defense also. I thought that they did a terrific job on uh, on the Mavericks. Um, you know, we, what we saw tonight was uh, what the addition of Dennis Schroeder and, and Montrez Harrell mean to this team. Um, and Kyle Kuzma's re-signing. Kuz was just terrific all game long. To John Hollinger's worst extension. I don't know if you heard that podcast yet. Who's? John Hollinger. Well, I don't think John Hollinger is worth the uh, paper that he writes on. I think I've, I've disagreed with almost every decision that he's made. Um, it's probably why he no longer has a job working for the Mavericks. I knew you were going to reach out to that. I knew you were well, going to you know, what do you want to say? I mean, I, I, I think that that was uh, – you know, there's a there's a certain group of writers out there whose opera modus operandi is to negative the Lakers, negative the Lakers, because they know they gets hits, and they know that there's a whole lot of Laker haters out there, and so they they do that almost intentionally, and they have a bias toward that because it's good for their professional career. John Hollinger fits into that mode. Um, uh, but I'll tell you what, you got to be impressed with the adversity and the options now that the Lakers have. Uh, I think as I was telling Jamie, Jamie and I were going a little bit back and forth on, I think they're a little bit better three-point shooting team. I think they lost a little bit defensively. Things are going to have to work out. Marcus Gasol, Jamie, and Magic Man and I, we all agree that's going to have to be something worked on. And then obviously when they were able to go ahead and pick up a 15th man, they can look into that uh, later this uh, in 2021. But the offensive variation that they have is so much – better right now the options are there that now you have one two three four five players that can go ahead and get you yep. points. so tell me and your get them and that. get those points every night that's the big yeah. difference you yeah. don't have to wait for a big game from kcp or a big game from caruso or whatever because trez 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 and uh and dennis are going to score like that every night yeah you can count on them for sure and uh you know it it uh it really makes the game a lot different. And there's no nice doubt that we made a trade. We traded, we traded offense for defense. Yeah. yeah I was going to say nice mid-range by Trez. Did you see um, his but, mid-range? But, you know, Trez, Trez has done a much better job than I thought he would do uh, defensively. So I think a lot of the warts that, that came with him from the Clippers really were more from how the Clippers deployed him. It was a disappointing game for Marc Gasol again, although he did do a good job rebounding. And I think I think part of that is not having his legs underneath him, and part of it is just figuring out how we're going to get, you know, like you were talking about when I just joined the the podcast, how you're going to take advantage of him because there are certain things that he can do well that that we haven't had in the past, which is a good passing center, you know. And how do we how do we take advantage of that? You know, um, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him on the elbow with uh, uh, down a little lower with guys cutting to the basket, you know. Um, if you can remember the way that Divox, for example, or that Boogie used to make that pass from from sitting there in, in the short elbow and, and they buy him. I think we just have to do some scheming. But what's funny about the whole thing with, with uh, the center situation is that they turned down Dwight Howard, who actually was trying to accept an offer that they made, that they hadn't made. So there must be something in there. I don't know whether it was maybe Dwight was starting to do some of the crazy things that, you know, I don't think that's give him to previous teams. I, th- I there think there was something, let me, let me finish, Jimmy. There was something, there was something going on that they, 
that they not only didn't give him an offer, but when he embarrassed himself by accepting the offer, they didn't they didn't even pursue it in that sense. So I have to think that there was something going on there because there's no doubt that if we had the Dwight Howard who played for us last year, who did a great job, I think we would be stronger defensively. Um, so, you know, why did they make that decision? I think that at that point in time, we didn't have Gasol signed. So I think that they were looking at, at Ibaka and Gasol and wanting to get wanting to get a center with, that could shoot threes. Now, Mark has not shot any threes yet. I mean, he didn't take it's a three. Shot, he didn't take a three tonight. He didn't. Did he take a shot? I can't even remember. He, oh, he, he, he took a three. He took a three. That's the only oh, shot. Oh, did he? Yeah. He missed it? Yeah. yeah. One of the well, few Lakers to miss a three tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, they like I said, I think they're going to be a little bit better three point shooting wise. I think they're going to be. Well, oh, I think they're going to be a lot better three point shooting wise. Um, you know, they're not going to be in the top five, but uh, they were. You know, last year we were like twenty third or twenty fourth or something like that. So we'll probably be up in the middle of the pack, I would think. Um, which is a substantial improvement. So I'll take that. Which is really for when you take a championship team and you can make an improvement that even jumps from, you know, 23 to 15 for three-point shooting. Um, and obviously we saw tonight what what the high-powered additions to the offense can do. I just don't um, think they're focused right now enough on defense, and I think that's the turnaround. And I think that's, well, where, you know, obviously it's, you know, LeBron's just going to take some time getting into it. We saw the other day his lack of focus uh, and attention. He was kidding around with Beverly on the sidelines. He was joking and all that. I just didn't see the the competitive fire from him that I normally did. And I think well, Chris, it's, it's it, Christmas, you know, six I weeks. Mean, and, yeah, and it's six weeks. It's still from, preseason for a lot of these guys. Yeah. But I, thought, I, I thought there were there were times, for example, I thought they did a terrific job on, on, uh, on Luca. Um, I thought Dennis did a great job on Luca. I was really surprised with how, how much he bothered him um, it only when he took him down low that it become an issue, but playing well, up top, the, he did. The very only time Luca really got going is when he finally managed to get a couple guys on his hip, you know, and and yeah, get right. into the key that way. Then he's really hard to stop. But you know, they they did a good defensively. There were big stretches tonight that I hadn't seen at all in the Clippers game, where the Lakers really locked down defensively, and that's how they built that lead up to 17, 18 points. Well, sure. um, it wasn't. Yeah, they were hitting their shots, but it also was that. The the Mavs weren't getting anything easy. They were making some. I mean, they were making some long threes just to stay close. Yeah. So you know, uh, I'm, but, for the uh, second but, game for the second I, game of the season, I think we have to be extremely happy. Oh yeah, and but I just still I still think there's still a lot of work need to be done on the defensive end because when you give up 50 percent field goal shooting and 40 percent from the three point area, that tells me you need to work a little bit more. Be more assertive on the defense. Well, they, they were the number one team in the league. They set a record, Gerald. Oh, I know, I know. They're the best I, I offensive team in the history the of the NBA. But they're not, they're not the same you know, team anymore. They, how many they points did they get from us? Offense for defense. I'm just going to say that. But, Sean, I want to ask you this. Uh, THT didn't get much time in there. Uh, I thought that was kind of an error because of the fact that they, they were so sloppy with Alex Caruso handling the ball in that second quarter. A lot of turnovers. Do you think they should give more time to THD? I know Laker Tom is a big supporter. Is he 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 would think that that could be the case. What do you think as far as how to alleviate some of that sloppy play that we saw in the second quarter? Yeah, I I think it's really dependent on the matchup, Gerald. I really do. I think mm-hmm. I see him playing a lot coming up with this out to West Road trip. We play Memphis twice. We play Houston three times. 
and we play Spurs. Oh, we, in Memphis. theory, we'll play Houston three times. <laughs> Who knows? That could be a very right. big if. But um, those three teams in particular have guards, bigger guards, thicker guards, who are a better matchup, I feel, for Jalen. For example, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker and Taylor Horton Tucker are roughly the same size. They, when Taylor Horton Tucker finally fill, fills out physically, I think he'd have a profile similar to him. So if they do play Houston, I'd like to see him on the floor with that, maybe not one-on-one with that particular player, but just watch him because, like you said, Gerald, He's 20 years old. He needs to learn how to play defense because once you get past his hip, he's a human fly swatter. That's all he can do, pretty much. No, so it's going needs- to yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But Jamie, uh, I mean, you're saying, yeah, uh, statistically, I just didn't feel that the ball flowed well in that second quarter. It seemed to be no. uh, like a series of turnovers, just back to back to back. I mean, the Lakers have those stretches, obviously, where that happens. Every team does. But is there anything that you could do to try and maybe cut that down a little bit? Just I mean, a little bit. That was our second best in terms of our scoring. That was actually our second best quarter. We scored 33 in the first, 36 in the second, 30 in the third, uh, which was our worst, and 39 in garbage time in the fourth. Um, I, I see them as actually being very complimentary. Uh, I feel like I think I, I would like to see a lineup – of Caruso, THT, and Gasol, and any two other guys you want to throw out there with them. Now, because Caruso I, playing off the ball, I think, is a much better option than playing on the yes. ball. I agree. I thought that he's that's a shooting guard. He's not a point guard. I like. I look at him as like a, like a better version of Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson could score better. Uh, probably had a better handle. Caruso's obviously the better defender. Um, and and uh, it comes again. It comes down to like matching up on the team, right? Like. Caruso is the guy you want in crunch time when you need somebody to be your ball hawk, somebody to like set screens and maybe hit an open three. I've always felt like his scoring was gravy compared to everything else he brings. I mean, is he a great passer? No. Is he a great, does he have a great handle? Nope. But he does all the little things pretty well. And he knows how to play defense in the NBA, which is a skill that is in short supply. <laughs> There's a million guys who can hit threes, but don't play a lick of defense. No. Seth Curry is one of them, right? Seth Curry will probably that's make why way he got more. Traded. Right. And that's why, and Seth Curry will probably make way more money than Alex Caruso will ever make simply because he shoots threes better. But I'll bet Caruso walks home with more rings on his fingers than Seth Curry can even ever dream of. He's already up one. So. Again, for our team, I think Alex Caruso fits great. Can you look on out there in the NBA and find a, a better three-point shooter or a guy who dribbles the ball better or, you know, X, Y, or Z? Yeah, probably you can. Not but for the you, same money, that's for sure. 100% not for the same money. And, but I just, really, and I, will he fit as well alongside AD and LeBron as Caruso does? I, you know, I, I don't know that you can. I really don't know that you can. I, well, I would be curious to the is THT, and he's on the Lakers too. And that's what, yeah. I, what I'm saying. Is he has defensive issues big time. He he was out, he was really struggling out there on defense tonight. He he he. That's where I uh, and teams are going to hunt him out. That's what I want to see. I want to see how he does when he's a, when the minutes matter, and he has to stop the ball. Well, I think now is the time you do it. I think now right. is the time you do it early in the season. Let's see what he's got. Uh, I mean, do you concur, Laker Tom. Let's see what the kids got. I mean, you you got. 
right there you have such a nice crutch in LeBron and AD. If it, you know you get a little bit behind because of what THC is doing, put them in the game a little bit more. Or you have the other players to go ahead and play off of. But now is the time to see just how good he can develop. I think we're going to see a lot of games. I agree with you, Gerald. I think we're going to see a lot of games that are just like this game, you know, where the Lakers are going to pull away and, and have a pretty steady, easy win. Um, remember, this is not, this is not, we're not playing the Atlanta Hawks or, or the Golden State Warriors who really look very, very like that. That championship team is never going to come back together again. I don't no, think. So. No. Well, they don't they have, have AI. No they don't, they it's because no it was a lot more than just the three superstars. Yeah. You don't realize all of the guys that they've lost, you know, they've gone oh, other no. places. I the Iguodala's, the, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and so, but I, I think, I think Frank's doing a good job of it because he's obviously making sure that the THT gets in the game. The kid gets in the game. He hits a three. He hits his two free throws again. He's shooting 90% from the free throw line. Um, you know, and why put a whole lot of pressure on him that you don't need to put on him, you know, at this point in time, um, He's definitely going to be at some point in time this season, in my opinion, the backup point guard because he's the he has point guard skills, whereas Alex really doesn't. Um, Alex's value, you know, tonight Alex shot well. He hit hit two threes. Um, he's plus ten for the team, which is the best of anybody off of the bench. So you know you can't you know he's he's not the first two guys to come off the uh, you know it's basically going to be Kuz and Trez who are going to come into the game first. Um, they're going to be the first substitutions, and that's the top seven. So Caruso's in, you know, in the eight and nine spot there, um, and that's really where he belongs, you know. And then depending upon, uh, like Jamie says, depending upon matchups, if we need a guy who's, who you know, we know we can re- rely on to play solid, solid, good quality defense, do the little things that always add up and in, into into having a good net rating and a, and a good plus minus. That's what Alex's game is, you know. He's not going to get paid. He's not going to get paid as much as as Seth Curry is going to get because he, you know, it. The game still pays the shooters. Those are the guys that fans come to watch. Um, Alex has Alex has got his own little crowd of goat favorite people that that just love the kid. Um, I love him too. I wouldn't, you know, I he's he's. I actually think he's elevated his game and and become known around the league for what he contributes enough that he's an actually a good trade asset. You know, I didn't include him in trades before because I didn't think he was because I I wanted to keep him or anything. It was just because I didn't think he had a value. Now, I think once we get close to the trade deadline, there'll be a lot of teams angling to say, uh, hey, what about this kid? You know, can we trade him? Can we get him? And I don't think the Lakers are going to give him up unless they need something, unless they have a good opportunity. Now, the center situation. You know, I, I think we made a trade off, but I think the trade off is going to win four out of five times, let's say eight out of nine, eight out of 10 times. We're going to come out ahead because of, of having Trez be one of our centers and the offense that he brings. Um, and I think we'll figure out what's going with Gasol. You know, I mean, uh, I'm surprised because I would think that the guys who are classified on this blog, on this podcast as the glass half empty guys would be a lot more patient with Mark Gasol than, uh, for a couple of bad games, you know, um, Oh, I'm just at this time. If he's out of shape, don't play. I him. think a lot of it. I think a lot of it is he's not in game shape. 
He hasn't uh, been in since the bubble, and that's concerning. Yeah. Uh, I, I think yeah. he's, I think he's going to yeah, get. Yeah, but I, I don't game. think you. I don't think you pull the trigger at this point in time and bench no, him. You figure out how to use him because he what he does. I think he'll get a 10 to 15 game run, and and then you might see Trez as a starting center if if he continues to struggle the way he has, which wouldn't surprise me. And I do think that Gasol, I mean, he lost the starting spot to Ibaka last year, and so that wouldn't surprise me if the same thing happened on this team. The only not thing, because, I- not because Trez can stretch the floor, but just because he plays harder. I mean, he- what Trez I noticed tonight, he shot his free throws much better, and his little jumper was hitting from the baseline. That's what Sean said. What, but Sean. Yeah. The thing about Trez is that he, he plays hard on every single play, and so does Dennis. You know, they both they both have that they both have a lot of dog in them, and that really that really they really fit. I mean, I was I saw an article and I didn't even get a chance to read it, but I saw the headline that LeBron and AD feel like they're pushing them, and and they are because all of a sudden you got a couple of young guys with young legs who are, are really speeding up the game and and giving you energy that that at times we just did not have last year when LeBron and AD weren't on their game or were on the, weren't on the floor. Um, and so I think that's a, a big difference that's, that's going to make the Lakers have a lot more opportunity to, to give uh, THT some playing time and so forth. Matthews, again, I thought struggled too. You know, it, it's, it's a more serious problem for Matthews and, 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 you know, two veteran guys, Two veteran guys who are both up there in years and who both signed a minimum contract, you know, chasing a ring. So, you know, sometimes those things work out and sometimes they don't. But more than likely, I think neither one of them right now looks like they're going to produce the kind of contributions that we were hoping for from them. But the question is, will that really matter in the long run for the Lakers? Probably not. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, the only thing I say, let me and let me interject real quick on this, Laker Tom. When it comes to Marcus Saul, if he's only averaging for you one point a game, and obviously he's going to score a little bit more than that, he becomes a liability to the point where it becomes a four-on-five situation. And you don't want it to become a well, four-on-five you know, situation. We won a championship with JaVale McGee there doing the same thing, not doing anything on offense. Well, JaVale McGee was out for the and Fumbling his way through the, the first half of the game, yeah. the first JaVale quarter of the game. Didn't, the first didn't really play significantly. Yeah, he didn't play in the playoffs. Yeah, he, but he was a huge part of the regular season. Yeah, yeah, those are two different scenarios. Uh, um so funny thing, two guys uh, playing for the minimum, one one in Cleveland and one in, yeah, one in gonna, Los Angeles. It's just, it's just like you said, you don't want it to become a situation where it makes it harder for the guys to score. Yeah, but I'm not going to jump on Marcus All and throw him, I'm throw him under the bus at this point in time. No, not yet. No, not yet. 
I think he's in danger yeah. of one more game. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking I, – I will say he's in danger of losing his starting spot within the next 20 games. Um, uh, that's something I would agree with Jamie on that. I don't think – 20 games. That's not, that's not throwing games. him under the that's bus. Fair? That's acknowledging – I don't think Carson Paul is going to play like this for 20 games. I, don't, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. I don't – I, I, like, I couldn't I imagine. Well, okay. Well, let's close this conversation out and then get you guys updated on what's going on with Lakerholics.com because I know you guys want to be all home with your families to finish out the rest of this fine Christmas Eve. But I do appreciate each and every one of you taking the time out on this Christmas to talk Lakers basketball. And that is this. I, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but ESPN has reports that Dennis Schroeder is working out a possible extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, my daughter, who got a real good look at uh, Schroeder for really the first time today, said he's, he just noticed how aggressive he is, for better or for worse. And there's going to be times you're going to see LeBron grit his teeth. But I like it. I like the fact that he's aggressive. I like the fact that he doesn't have to rely on LeBron or AD to go ahead and get in the ball. I like the fact that he creates his own offense. 100%. I don't mind an extension as long as something even anywhere remotely not an overpay. So I want to hear your thoughts on this before we go ahead and get to what you guys are working on. Magic Man, I'll start with you. Do you think it would be a great job for the Lakers? And I, obviously, they've work, been working on and thinking about it for quite some time if they go ahead and finalize an extension for Dennis Schroeder. There's only one word for that one, Gerald. Oh, here we go. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> After Magnifique with Rudy Gobert last time, here he goes again with another thing. Uh, you know, you know, Canadians gonna drop some no. uh, some, some French. And that, no, that that would be incredible to have a pick and roll point guard playing with Anthony Marshawn Davis for the next three or four years. I would welcome that. I would think that'd be a great, uh, and like you saw, not only with AD but with Montrez, it just not mm-hmm. it's something we had always Natural hoped natural yeah chemistry, chemistry there for the pick and roll is something that we could really get into in the half court set which makes the half court offense flow a lot better jamie what are your thoughts on a, an extension for dennis schroeder i think it would be brilliant i love what he brings to the team i think not only is he a great pick and roll partner with ad and trez but even gasol and guys like that you know the the, the more lumber feeded players on in, in the league that will eventually probably have one on your team no matter what if you want to compete for a championship he's just got a great knack he, he he reminds me of a better shooting young rondo he really does and i i i i don't think he's breaks down the game the way rondo can at least i haven't seen he's that not as yet. savvy as no, as, no. i agree but he's still you know fast enough he, he's uh you know he got enough court court awareness i think that will get you by but his aggression i think makes up for a lot of that laker uh, tom agreed um, well, you know, there was an article that said that uh, Dennis turned down, I think it was 30, 36,000 an extension for two year extension for 36 or 37 million. I was going to say 36,000. I no, think yeah, I would right, turn yeah. that down. Now, so, so there you're looking at a guy who's already turned down. Um, what's that, you know, what, 18 million a year? 18 and a half. Yeah. So, you know, if the Lakers are, and I hadn't read, I hadn't heard that ESPN said they were working on an extension for him, but uh, I'm real high on him. As I said, as I said, I thought it surprised me that they gave Dennis the job of guarding Luca. And he did a great job. I thought of of guarding Luca, 
he did a better job than anybody else on the team, I thought, of really keeping and bothering him, you know, hassling him all the way down the court, hassling him and, and fighting through screens, um, pest, pestering him all the time. You know, he, he's really he's really a gritty little defender. And uh, well, you know what it is too, Tom. Those European guys—they really compete against one another. They really they do. do. They do. I think you're right about that. That's a good point, Sean. But but I think that you know. So if they're talking, if they're talking about if if ESPN is saying they're looking at an extension, then then you're probably looking at a twenty million dollar a year guy uh, to sign Dennis because he he's turned down eighteen million already, um, and. My whole my whole opinion about these extensions, I think it's really important because I see these guys when you get them on an extension, they're trading chips that have value. You know, it reinforces the value of that player that a team, a championship team like the Lakers, was willing to give Kuzma twelve a year, was willing to give KCP twelve a year, uh, or thirteen a year, or whatever you know the whatever the schmidgen is. Uh, I'm not going to say last time I said Smithson, it got me uh, in trouble. So I'm not going to say Smithson. So, so I think it, I, I, I no, but it, it solidifies the character of your team and the togetherness of the team, the chemistry of it. Um, it gives the player security. Uh, so he does not worrying about the contract year and the fact that he's going to be a free agent and you don't want to lose the guy. You don't want to lose a guy like Dennis, you know, you want to lock him up if you get a chance to. And I think the same thing is true of Trez, you know, um, I don't, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what the situation is with Trez because we signed him as a free agent. So I don't know whether we, whether we can extend him or not. I don't know what the rules are. Well, we got him for two years. So we no, but one, plus one, he has not player option. Yeah. Um, but it, but at any rate, I think, I think it makes sense. And, and, and that really gives me a lot of confidence that in the, if you have a locked up team with all of these guys that are important trading pieces, um, not only do you have better chemistry and so forth, but you got more flexibility because if you got guys going into free agency, you know, a lot of people are going to be hesitant to try to sign a guy at the, to try to trade for a guy at the trade deadline. If they only got him for a half a year, possibly because he's going to be a free agent. Um, and in Dennis's case, even when he was traded to the Lakers, they wanted to give him an extension. And he said, no, because obviously he felt that he could go into free agency and get more money. Um, so I, I love the kid's confidence. I love the kid's confidence. It was interesting that I heard the announcers talking about how, uh, Frank Vogel actually was thinking of starting somebody else other than, other than Dennis, uh, until Dennis spoke up and then he finally made the decision. Okay. I'm going to give him a chance to show what he can do. Just, you know, not wanting to have a disgruntled player. Um, and Dennis is, Dennis is. As you say, he has some dog in him, and that yeah. dog probably shows up in sometimes in ways that you don't want it to show up. You know, he's yeah. not well, going I mean, to be. That's, that's going to be the theme, but I like his aggression. I'll take yeah. it. If he can stick to 35% and over on three points, I think it clears up a lot of things on that. He, shot, he, he, shot, he shot well last year from the yeah. field and from the 38, 39%. If he gets close to 50% from the field. Yeah. Yeah, and if he could do anything near that, because that was a little bit out of the norm for him, I would like him to start that be that the new norm for him. But well, Sean, it is I know the new norm for him because he's a growing player, you know. I yeah, don't, I don't and I want that. I'm just saying, like yeah. for instance, Kuzma has, you know, he's been all over the place. Now you're going to head. Hopefully, we'll see a little bit more, 
you know, compact, a little bit more economic. He's had a great game, man. Yeah, a very he's solid. Good, guy. good shot in yeah. rhythm. Yeah, it looked good. It looked very good. We were very supportive and complimentary before he yeah. came on. Yes, of Kuzma. Very good job. But, Sean, you raised your hand in class. I didn't want to go ahead and ignore you. But before we go ahead and head on out and talk about what we're doing for Lakerholics.com, you raised your hand in class, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, no, Gerald, I just wanted to mention, uh, piggyback off what Tom was saying, um, if Harold, um, so after this year, if Harold signs, it, it opts in, he can't sign, he can't sign an extension until next March. Dylan Brooks did that with the, the Grizzlies. He was in the last year of his contract. He had a player option on it. He re-signed in March. So, I think Carol's really gonna gonna play it out in the summertime and either sign extension with us or sign a bigger extension with somebody else. Especially I think, the I think we so can far. sign him. An, I think we can sign him on an extension. I think the the problem that we have, like with AC, is that he was coming off what was essentially a rookie contract. You know, and it's the same thing with THT. You can't extend THT because they're on they're on a two year rookie contract. Um, but I think you know. Listen, if Trez continues to play as well as he has been playing, I'd lock him up too. (laughs) Just to answer your question, Jamie, uh, I will say – Give him $64 million for four years. Houston, we have a problem. Like the Clippers gave what's-his-name. Yeah. Well, Houston's going to have to get off some of its demands in order if they want to move him, but I think at some point he will be moved. I think it's just – I I think he – crazy out of the ballpark. He will be moved. Portland. Harden. Uh, oh, Jamie put in the chat uh, as far yeah. as what's going to happen with he's, James. He'll poison the team if they don't move him. That's what he stated. He's one of the so. few guys who will actually do that to his yeah. own team. But can we end the Kobe Harden comparisons for all time? Because Kobe would have played hard every I game. I never heard those comparisons. Well, That's an insult yeah. to Kobe. I agree. But, I mean, <laughs> I was explaining to somebody, like, you know, when Kobe had his trade demands, you know what he did every night? He went out and played hard. Right. He didn't. He didn't show up the team. He didn't like act out. Granted, not everybody had a camera in their pocket at the time. He wanted to play on Pluto, so it's a little bit different different world that this is happening in. But like, it's unfathomable to me that Harden is doing this with any kind of strategy in mind. It's like, what do you think is going to happen now, dude? Like, who wants you? Like, you're just a a petulant child. Like, somebody, somebody will take him. Somebody will trade for him. I hope it's somebody Ooh. like Charlotte Hornets or something like that. Yeah, well, we'll find out. We'll wait and see. But before we head on out, guys, I know you guys are working on a lot of stuff for Lakerholics.com. It's good to see all you guys healthy, uh, feeling a lot better. Uh, it's good to see that. Uh, and I'm really pr- pr- happy for that. In fact, I want to continue uh, holiday blessings for everyone out there that's watching, yep. listening, and, of course, all you guys right here. But before we head on out, Sean, we'll start off with you first. What destructive things can you do to undermine Laker Tom at Lakerholics.com? Uh, no comment. John right never now. undermines me. <laughs> anyway, I've seen the comments. Uh, you know, Gerald, they I both was do. They both do. They're both rowdy kids for you, Laker Tom. Why? My only question is how come? How come us glass half full guys always are in the bottom <laughs> row? 
I don't know. It's Dr. Streamyard on that one. I got him. Sean is because the guys in the top row are the guys that keep emptying the water water glasses down on top of the guys in the bottom row. Sean's glass is not as full as yours, but go ahead, Sean. Yes, Gerald. I I was gonna say normally normally I don't watch that ugly, ugly team that wears green and white unless we're playing before that. So I happen to see the game today, and um, I think the Nets and Lakers are on a crash course for yeah. the finals. Uh, uh, Raphael and I both predicted that, but Raphael said they would come out of the gate storming. I said they would struggle just to find their rhythm first before they would show their dominance. My gosh, they! I was wrong on that one, even though, again, I said they would be uh, in the finals against the Lakers. But Raphael hit it right in the head. They have come out like a barn burners, and they look like the best team in basketball right now. Oh, no, they do not. Absolutely, absolutely, I didn't say they are. They're playing better than anybody right now in the NBA. And Brooklyn is two and zero. Lakers are one and one. So yes, they are. Yeah, you have to. I didn't say they were the best team. I said they were playing the best to their capabilities. And they are. The the Nets have a lot of complementary offensive players for K- KD and Kyrie both to work with. They have KD. Um, that's the difference. Well, we're going. He's come back one hundred percent from yeah, the playing great. Got a great team. Yep, yep, yep. I and I was going to say I'm a huge Basquiat fan, but those uniforms need some work. <laughs> did you see that? I haven't watched the Clippers game, but did you see the Clippers' new warm-up? Oh, yeah. warm-up yeah, yeah. What is going on? The Clippers are wearing like like powder turquoise blue, like Charlotte or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> people, people, cities. It's a city uniform type deal. It's a, you know, you know, the NBA they throw out a new gimmick each and every year when it comes to uniforms, but that's what happens. Uh, I saw. I, I went. I reserved a spot to buy one of those. Um, one of those hoodies that the Lakers had were wearing for the ring ceremony. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, man, I'm going to get one of those. I and I got one. online and I clicked the button to buy it. Oh, guess how much that sucker is? 120? 250. 175. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a wealthy person, but I'm not, you know, I spend a good amount of money on clothes from time to time, I, I like my seventy-five dollars for a cotton hoodie. It's a little. I like my Laker hoodies. But I don't like man. my Laker hoodies that much. But I Jamie, loved, I loved it though. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful piece. Yeah, it is. I, I agree with you on that. But Jamie, I know you've got five great things coming up for Lakerholics.com. And again, I'm not saying Brooklyn is the best team. I'm saying they're playing out of the gate better than anybody. Although the Clippers right glass now, half full, glass half empty. Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? You're the only one that has half full because Magic Man is closer to what we're thinking right now. I can tell you. But go ahead, Jamie. You're- Cinco grande cosas. Si. Uh, uh, five great things for tomorrow. And also, uh, you know, extolling the praises of, of teams that I respect, even if they're not the Lakers. Um, really just have to expect it, respect any NBA athlete. Which it was, I was, there was something, I forget what I was watching the other day, but I think it was. I think it was Jason Tatum banking a shot and everybody acting like it was the greatest shot in the world. 
Well, no, it was it was it was like uh, it was like on the jump or jam. It was some show like that, and uh, or no, it was a, the TNT halftime show over the first game. And there are five thousand people who have played in the NBA, like a little over five thousand people. So these are the, you know, one of the reasons I respect even like you know the scrubs at the end of the bench. They're part of a brotherhood that so few humans will ever even be considered to be a part of. Uh, so they deserve respect for, for getting to this level because they are all elite athletes and they are all the best basketball players on earth. Many of them would will play as a starting, start, you know, who, a scrub on this team as a starter on some country's Olympic team, you know, yeah. crying out loud. So point being is that the, this is the best the NBA has ever been. And it's there's been great players from the beginning of it up until now. And there will be even better players coming down the pike. Um, Can't wait till that expansion happens. Seattle I, and Vegas. You heard it here first. I, I well, I can't be both Seattle and Las Vegas because which one goes west? No, you oh, can't. Yeah. Oh, oh, who, who, who do you boot to the east? That's Memphis easy. And New Memphis. Starting off with already talked about it. And New Orleans. You're just diluting the east even more. <laughs> actually, New Orleans and Memphis would actually be a lot higher on the food chain if that's the case. New Orleans, New Orleans is for real this year, man. I think New Orleans and Phoenix might knock well, out New Orleans. Portland. New Orleans has a problem when when Brandon's not in the lineup, man. Yeah, they, 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 they got hurt today. They got yeah. hurt today. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where they're, 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 they 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 they're a player. They're a player away. They're a player away. Uh, they're a player away. I'm not sure what type of player. They're away a player away from what? <laughs> from being like a. a a serious being a number for a eight lot seed. of teams. No, no, they're no, a player no. away from being a number eight seed. No, no, no. They're they're a potential number eight seed right now. They're a potential number eight seed right now as we sit talking about this. Guaranteed. Um, they're definitely a playing team. I think that they're they a could play-in team out. at best. I think I think New Orleans could knock out Portland. You know, Portland's gotten by on the skin of its teeth for a lot of years. They've gotten by on a lot Chuck of. Just bet, Chuck just bet fifty thousand dollars on Portland. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> that and that means approximately zero. I know. Isn't that amazing? Don't tell that to Raphael. Don't tell that to Raphael. He's the only reason I would not jump on. I actually I have a huge amount of respect for for Damian Lillard. Uh, not quite as much respect uh, for CJ McCollum, who I think is a little too streaky to be counted on. Um, and they just lack. They lack. They lack defense. They, there's not a good defensive identity up north. When the problem with the problem of teams like that is that. They don't have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Game, you know? <laughs> and the only way they win is when he has a great game. That's, That's a Harden problem. It's, you know, it's, it's now yeah. become the Warriors problem with Steph, you know, that. Well, that was, that was death by, that, that was, that was death by. This is why the Lakers are so hard to beat and why, and why the additions of Dennis and, and Trez really make such a big difference. Agreed. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm I'm working on five great things and uh, being a constant thorn in Laker Tom's side. Not really. I just like <laughs> I know that's actually part of the fun when you go to Lakerholics.com is seeing you and Sean needling Tom for all you can at Lakerholics.com. Jamie doesn't understand. Do well, actually, Jamie does understand that when he needles me, for example, for being overly overly excited about uh, THT. That I'm only going to come back twice. As well, you hard. got me on the THT train. You got me there, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what THT can bring. But before we head on out, Laker Tom, I want to go ahead and give you the the mantle. Go ahead. Tell no, us I don't have anything in the chamber anymore. What do you mean? You've always got something working on. No, I've been I've been having to work. I've been having to do a little work. I'm working for my sister, trying to put together a 
uh, a big mega cannabis deal for her to buy this company. And so uh, I've, I've really been struggling to uh, have time to, like I couldn't watch many games today. I spent a good deal of the day working. So trying to make some money, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it, our food bills have gone up so crazy, you know, and uh, it's just, you know, I feel like I'm living on DoorDash and, and uh, you know, the delivery system and even going to the grocery store. I can't believe the bills are coming in my credit card for my, for my uh, Amazon credit card. You know, it's just like. Jeff Bezos says, thank you. They, well, listen, and yeah, not only that, but Amazon is overcharging and under delivering everything. I mean, in the grocery stores, you go in there and uh, our, say, our local Safeway hires disadvantaged young guys to do a lot of the work in the store. And this is one guy who's really funny because he says, Safeway's ripping you off, man. And says, those mini Cokes, you know, we hid those mini Cokes in the back until we, in, until, you know, the price went up and, 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 and that sale item over there is, is really a ripoff. Um, and you know, the grocery stores are doing fantastic. They're raising the prices on everything. All of the money that I'm saving by not driving anywhere, you know, and not being able to go out anywhere or, go to movies or anything like that. Now you turn on the TV, you see a movie you want to watch and it's $20. You know, <laughs> you want to uh, wait, you want to wait six weeks for it to become down to a five ninety nine rental or do you want to watch it tonight? Well, I'm going to be checking out wonder woman, 1984 here in a little bit. So that's uh, I just saw midnight sky, which I thought, you know, got a few bad reviews, but I loved yes. them. I thought it was what I hear. Oh yeah. George Clooney, seeing how he's trying to he's trying to beat you on the beard there, Jamie. He's trying to beat you on the beard in middle. That's the hell of a beard he's got going there. Clooney and me. Especially when he's out in the Arctic and he gets covered with snow and ice. Yeah. Hey, have you guys seen that movie? No, uh, but yeah. I have heard like this this is annoying. This is annoying to me right here. I'm looking at this and I'm like, let's come on. Oh yeah. Clooney, Clooney, Clooney can play to make it look good. All right. Well, before to we get it. too much into our, our groomage here, I think that the listeners out there don't want to really hear about that. But I'll tell you what. Okay, well, write an article about it. Maybe you can go ahead and post on Lakerholics.com. Five great things about my beard. There you go. Sounds good. Oh, LeBron's was looking good, but yeah, that's uh yeah. Better than a scout, man. Better yeah. than a scout. Well, I'm not going to go there either. But for, I'll tell you what, for all the great you things. haircut. Well, for all the great things, check it out today, Lakerholics.com. Plus, catch their banter each and every time out in the comments, which is half full or half empty. Always part of the fun when you go to Lakerholics.com. For myself, you want to go ahead and check out, I dropped the latest PCC Multiverse on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, talking about Wonder Woman 1984. And Soul, which I just checked out earlier today. I will go ahead and share my thoughts on that on Monday. But for this one, we just talked about not only them dropping, but also as well, KFC might have just revolutionized console gaming. How so? Listen to the latest episode of PCC Multiverse and you'll find out indeed. KFC. That's right. Who knew? Who knew? But go ahead and support Lakerholics.com. Support us. Do what you can to like, follow do whatever you can to take care of us here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is truly appreciated. Cannot thank you enough for watching and listening. Thrive Fantasy for the best in daily props. Please go ahead and check out thrivefantasy.com or Thrive Fantasy downloaded at the App Store. We truly would appreciate it if you do. And again, LFB. The code is LFB. You type that in on your first deposit. They'll match it up to $50. 
LFB, as long as it's over $20 right there at Thrive Fantasy. Well, guys, it was a great win, a great offensive performance. I know Tom will say all around was great all around performance for Tom. Great offensive performance for me. Can't get much better than that. The diverse options the Lakers now have really has me excited for what's ahead for this rest of the season. But most importantly, I want to again wish you out there and also everyone here that's part of the show and Lakerholics all the best this Christmas and have a happy and safe holiday season. And we'll see you next time right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.